Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am Dr. Armen, my friends. So, Professor Armen Astvatsatria from Yerevan, Armenia, and today we will talk about unstable angina, one of the names acute coronary insufficiency, pre-infarction angina, very good name, intermediate syndrome, or in, in French, encore de menace, uh, angina of the street. So, unstable angina results from acute obstruction of a coronary artery without myocardial infarction, without necrosis. Symptoms include chest discomfort, weight or without dyspnea, nausea and diaphoresis. Okay. <clears throat> so, diagnosis, diagnosis is by ECG and the presence or absence of serologic markers. So, presence is a myocardial infarction, absence is a, a stable angina. Treatment is with antiplatelet drugs, anticoagulants, nitrates, statins, and beta blockers. Coronary angiography with percutaneous intervention on coronary artery bypass surgery is often necessary. Unstable angina is a type of acute coronary syndrome that is defined as one or more of the following in patients whose cardiac biomarker levels do not meet criteria for acute myocardial infarction. So, rest angina that is prolonged, usually more than 20 minutes, new onset angina of, of at least class 3 severity of the Canadian Cardiovascular Society classification. Ah, remember, huh? this is Canadian classification of uh, angina. So, I'll put you the link to the lecture of angina pectoris. Increasing angina, for example, previously diagnosed angina, uh, that, is, that has become distinctly more frequent, more severe, longer in duration, or lower, or lower threshold, for example, increased by more than uh, one class of Canadian classification, or at least third class of this classification. A stable angina is clinically unstable and often a prelude to a myocardial infarction or arrhythmias or less commonly to sudden death. So about symptoms. And signs of stable angina. Patients have symptoms of angina pectoris, typically chest pain or discomfort, except that pain or discomfort of a stable angina usually is more intense, lasts longer, is precipitated, precipitated by less exertion, occurs spontaneously at rest, as angina decubitus, is progressive crescendo in nature or involves any combination of these features. A stable angina is classified based on severity and clinical situation. We've got Brownwood classification of unstable angina. Also uh, considered are whether unstable angina occurs during treatment for chronic stable angina and whether transient changes, STT waves, occur during angina. If angina has occurred within 48 hours, no contributory extracardiac condition is present. Troponin levels may be measured to help estimate prognosis. Troponin negative results indicate a better prognosis than, posit uh, than troponin positive. Okay, let's talk about Brownwald classification of unstable angina. So we've got 
severity and clinical situation okay so severity first class description new onset of severity angina of severe angina or increasingly angina no angina during rest so new onset of severe angina or increase increasing angina is severity of first class so angina occurs more frequently is more severe lasts longer or is triggered by less exertion okay second class angina of Langwald angina during rest within the past months but not within the preceding 48 hours so designation of this situation designation subacute angina at rest third class classification uh, for patients with class 3b uh, troponin status negative or positive is determined to estimate prognosis what about abc we'll talk just a bit later so third class third class, class of uh, brownwell classification angina angina during rest within the preceding 48 hours and designation acute angina at rest a clinical situation abc a develops secondary to an extra cardiac condition that worsen as myocardial ischemia secondary so designation this is a secondary stable angina b class develops when no contributory extra cardiac condition is present and primary unstable angina this is prim designation primary unstable angina c class develops within two weeks of acute myocardial infarction and designation is post myocardial infarction unstable angina <coughs> about symptoms and classification okay Diagnosis of diagnosis of unstable angina. Yes, diagnosis. Okay, about diagnosis. So serial ECG, ECGs, electrocardiographies, serial cardiac markers, intermediate coronary angiography for patients with complications, for example, persistent chest pain, hypertension, unstable arrhythmias. Delayed angiography, 24 to 48 hours, for stable patients. Evaluation begins with initial and serial ECG and serial measurements of cardiac markers to help distinguish between a stable angina and acute myocardial infarction. Either non-ST segment elevation or ST segment elevation. This distinction is the center of the decision pathway because fibrinolytic uh, benefit patients with STEMI that may increase risk for those with non-STEMI and unstable angina. Also, urgent cardiac catheterization is indicated for patients with acute STEMI, but not generally for those with non-STEMI or unstable angina. Okay, so about ECG. ECG is the most important test and should be done within 10 minutes of presentation. ECG, so ECG is the is the center of the, our investigations. ECG changes such as ST segment depression, ST segment elevation, or T wave inversion may occur during unstable angina, but are transient. So any acute changes, my once again, any acute changes in ECG, for example, during pain, 
ST segment depression, ST segment elevation, or T wave inversion is the sign during pain, during heart attack, during this discomfort situation. Any acute changes, so on ECGs before, preceding ECGs, we've got nothing. And now we've got this, this is a sign of coronary artery disease. So, is this really myocardial infarction or not? Will be, tell us, cardiac markers. About markers. Cardiac markers. So, patients suspected or having unstable angina should have a highly sensitive assay of cardiac troponin done on presentation and three hours later, or zero to six hours if it's using a standard troponin assay. Uh, so, troponin is the gold uh, biomarker. Creatinine kinase is not elevated and unstable angina, but cardiac troponin, particularly when measured as using high-sensitivity troponin tests, may be slightly increased, but doesn't meet criteria for myocardial impaction. Yes, so we have to understand. So, of course, uh, this uh, frontier is uh, this borderline is vague concerning markers, but th that is this. That it is. Okay, coronary angiography. Concerning angio. Patients with unstable angina whose symptoms have resolved typically undergo angiography within the first 24 to 48 hours of hospitalization to detect lesions that may require treatment. Coronary angiography most often combines diagnosis with percutaneous coronary intervention, PCI, for example, angioplasty with stent placement. After initial evaluation and therapy, coronary angiography uh, may be used in patients with evidence, with evidence of ongoing ischemia, so ECG, ECG findings or symptoms hemodynamic instability, recurrent ventricular tachyarrhythmia, and other abnormalities that suggest recurrence of ischemic events. Okay? So, about prognosis of unstable angina, of course. Prognosis after an episode of unstable angina depends upon how many coronary arteries are involved, are diseased, which arteries are affected, and how severity <coughs> they are affected. For example, stenosis of the proximal left main artery or equivalent proximal left arterial descending and circumflex artery stenosis has a worse prognosis that, doesn't, uh, that does distal stenosis or stenosis in a smaller arterial branch. Left ventricle function also greatly influences prognosis. Patients with significant left ventricle dysfunction, even those within one or two vessel disease, have a, a lower threshold of revascularization. Overall about, overall, about 30 percent of patients with unstable angina have a myocardial infarction within three months of onset. Southern death is less common. Marked ECG changes with chest pain indicate higher risk of subsequent myocardial infarction or death. So, about treatment. 
Pre-hospital care, yeah, this is the standard. Oxygen, aspirin, oxygen supply. Aspirin, nitrates, and triage to appropriate medical center. Drug treatment, drug treatment. Uh, antiplatelet drugs, uh, what is this? Uh, anticoagulants, and in some cases, other drugs. Angiography to assess coronary artery anatomy. Uh, reperfusion therapy, percutaneous coronary intervention or coronary artery bypass surgery, post-discharge rehabilitation and chronic medical management of coronary artery disease. Okay, so about pre-hospital. Pre-hospital care is oxygen, oxygen supply, actually it's questionable about oxygen, but anyway. Aspirin, nitrate, and triage to appropriate medical center. Actually, I will plus beta blocker here. That's not notioned, no, noted in uh, guidelines, but plus beta blocker here. So a, a reliable intravenous route must be established. Oxygen given, typically 2 liters by nasal cannula, and continuous single lead ECG monitoring started. Pre-hospital interventions by emergency medically personal including ECG, chewist aspirin, 325 milligrams, but actually is uh, not uh, very important, plus 10 milligrams, minus 10 milligrams. Pain management with mitrates can reduce risk of mortality and complications and beta blocker. Early diagnosis, PEROS, PEROS, early diagnosis data and response to treatment can help determine the need for and timing of revascularization. So hospital admission. Okay, hospital admission. Risk stratify patient and choose timing or reperfusion strategy. Drug therapy with an antiplatelet drugs, anticoagulants and other drugs based on reperfusion strategy. On arrival to the emergency department, the patient's diagnosis is confirmed. So actually they go to acute coronary syndrome. Huh? Drug therapy and timing of revascularization depend on the clinical picture. In clinically unstable patients, patients with ongoing symptoms, hypertension or sustained arrhythmias, urgent angiography with revascularization is indicated. In clinically stable patients, angiography with revascularization may be deferred for 24 to 48 hours. Uh, so, now about drugs. All patients should be given antiplatelet drugs, anticoagulants, and if chest pain is present, anti-anginals, angina, anti-anginals drugs. The specific drugs used on the reperfusion strategy and other factors. Other drugs such as beta blockers, AC inhibitors, and statins should be initiating during admission. But the blockers with goes with nitrates, huh? my, my point of view. Patients with unstable angina should be given uh, the following, uh, unless contraindicated. So antiplatelet drugs, aspirin, clopidogrel or both, prazogrel, orticagrel or are alternative to clopidogrel. Anticoagulants, uh, heparin, aheparin, unfractioned or low molecular weight, and heparin or bivalirudine. Sometimes a glycoprotein 2B3 inhibitor when PCA is done. Actually, concerning this block, inhibitors is questionable. 
Angiogenital therapy, usually that is nitroglycerin. Uh, nitroglycerin goes in intravenous if not contraindicated. Beta blocker, yes. Angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors and statins. Uh, all patients are given aspirin 160 to 30 to 25 milligram, non entry coated, is not contraindicated at presentation and 81 milligram once a day, indefinitely thereafter. Uh, chew is, uh, chewing the first dose before swallowing quicks, uh, quickens absorption. Aspirin reduces short and long term mortality risk in patients undergoing PCI. A loading dose of clopidogrel 300 to 600 mg orally once, prazugrel 60 mg orally once. Uh, uh, yeah, 60 once, or ticagrelor 180 mg orally once improves outcomes. Particularly when, particularly when administrated 24 hours in advance. For urgent PCI, prazugrel and ticagrelor are more rapid in onset and may be preferred. Uh, either a lower molecular heparin, lower uh, molecular weight heparin, in unfractionate heparin, or bivalirudine is given routinely to patients with unstable angina and less contraindicated. For example, by active bleeding, unfractioned heparin is more is uh, unfractioned heparin is more complicated to use because it requires frequent uh, every six hours dosing adjustment to achieve target activated partial thromboplastin time a, a PTT. Yeah? The low heparin have better bioavailability and given by a simple weight based dose without monitoring PTT at APTT and dose titration and have a low risk of heparin induced thrombo, thrombocytopenia, thrombocytopenia. Bivalorodine is recommended for patients with a known or suspected history of heparin induced thrombocytopenia. Consider a glycoprotein 2B3A inhibitor during PCI for high risk lesions, for example, high thrombus burden, no reflow, Apsiximab, tirofiban, and eptifipadit appear to have equivalent efficacy and the choice of drug should depend on other factors, for example, cost, availability, familiarity. Chest pain can be treated with nitroglycerin or sometimes morphine. Nitroglycerin is preferable to morphine, which should be used judiciously, for example, if patient has a contraindication uh, to nitroglycerin. Or, or is in pain despite maximal nitroglycerin therapy. Nitroglycerin is initially given sublingually, followed by continuous intravenous drip if needed. Morphine or morphine, uh, given two to four milligrams intravenous, repeated every 15 minutes as needed, is highly effective but can depress respiration, can reduce myocardial contractility, so-called and is a potent venous vasodilator and maybe provokes urine urine problem urination problem of urination evidence also suggests that morphine interferes with some uh, receptor inhibitor activity a large retrospective trial also showed that morphine may increase mortality in patients with acute myocardial infarction hypertension bradycardia may also occur secondary to morphine use but these complications can usually be overcome by a prompt elevation of the lower extremities. But what to do with pain, so, actually? Standard therapy for all patients with unstable angina 
include beta blockers, AC inhibitors and statins. statins. Beta blockers are recommended unless contraindicated, for example, severe bradycardia, heart block, hypertension or asthma, especially for higher risk patients. Beta blockers reduce heart rate, arterial pressure and contractility, thereby reducing cardiac workload and oxygen demand. AC inhibitors may provide long-term cardioprotection by improving endothelium function. If an AC inhibitor is not tolerated because of cough or rash, huh? uh, but not angioedema or renal dysfunction, an angiotensin 2 receptor blocker, Zartan, may be substituted. Statins are also standard therapy regardless of lipid levels and should be continued indefinitely. And, uh, now it's a little questionable, but for acute time it's of course. Uh, about reperfusion. So fibrinolytic drugs which can be uh, helpful in patients with STEMI do not benefit patients with unstable angina. And we have to remember this. Angiography is typically done during admission within 24 to 48 hours of admission uh, if the patient is stable or intermittently in unstable patients, for example, with ongoing symptoms, hypertension, cystate arrhythmias. Angiographic findings help determine whether PCI or coronary artery bypass grafting, cabbage, is indicated. Uh, although fibrin fibrin fibrinolytic drugs can help patients with STEMI, they are not beneficial in a stable angina. I repeat it and have to keep it in mind. <coughs> so, rehabilitation, rehab, functional evaluation, changes lifestyle, absolutely, regular exercise, diet modification, weight, weight loss, smoking cessation. Drugs, continuation of antiplatelet drugs, beta blockers, AC inhibitors, and statins. Patients who didn't have coronary angiography during admission have no high-risk features. For example, heart failure, recurrent angina, ventricular tachycardia, or ventricular refibrillation after 24 hours, mechanical complications such as new murmurs, shock, and have an ejection fraction more than 40%, usually rate of stress testing of some sort before or shortly after discharge. It's very good. Advice, very good advice. The acute illness and treatment of unstable angina should be used to strongly motivate the patient to modify risk factors. Very good. Evaluating the patient's physical and emotional status and discussing them when with the patient and his uh, wife and one of the relatives, advising about lifestyles for once again smoking, diet, work, and pay and play habits, exercise, and aggressively managing risk factors must improve prognosis. So on discharge, all patients should be continued on appropriate antiplatelet drugs, statins, antianginals, and other drugs based on comorbidities. Okay. Okay, key points. And we will finish. Unstable angina is a new worsening or rest angina in patients whose cardiac biomarkers do not meet criteria for myocardial infarction. Symptoms of 
Unstable angina include new or worsening chest pain or chest pain occurring at rest. Diagnosis is based on serial ECGs and cardiac markers. Immediate treatment includes oxygen, anti-anginals, anti-platelet drugs, and anticoagulants. For patients with ongoing symptoms, hypertension, or sustained arrhythmias, do immediate angiography, if it's possible, of course. For stable patients, do angiography within 24 to 48 hours of hospitalization. Following recovery, initiate or continued antiplatelet drug, drugs, beta blockers, argiotensin convertic enzyme inhibitors, and statins. Okay, why not? So that's all concerning unstable angina. Thanks for your attention. Don't forget to follow and subscribe our channel, uh, Healthcare and Education. And once again, please, once again, no one do this. Make your donation, actually. This is free, these lectures are free. So make your donations, because without your donations, we can't exist. This channel will be closed. So make your donation, healthcare and education. So how can how, how can to do how can you do it? It's very easy. It's a very easy way. You can f find the description of our of all possibilities of your donation possibilities. Very easy way in description of this video in YouTube. So bye, and God bless you. Bye.